Amazing grace. To soak. Music is a great gift to lead us into that intimacy with Jesus. You know, just an encourager for you. Um, if you've not been here or you haven't sung this kind of music or you're just new or you're, um, you think we're all crazy, <laughs> whatever, wherever you are, there's different ways of praying. And I'd like you all to just kind of allow the Lord to teach you how to pray tonight. This is what his heart's desires. He wants to teach us how to pray. And that means just how to dance with him, how to move with him, how to follow his step, how to be led by him how to be uh, swooned by him, how to be moved by him, his gaze of passionate love from that holy monstrance. He's looking at each of you, and he's looking right into your hearts, and he sees every need you have. He sees every desire. He sees every brokenness. He sees every heartfelt desire and every memory that's caused you pain from the moment of conception until this day. God sees it all. And he's not here begrudgingly, I tell you that. The Lord is here because he is ablaze for you. He's on fire for you. He's in love with you. Amen? God is so in love with you. So loved that he, look how vulnerable he is. Look how vulnerable. I mean, he, he, he entrusts himself. Like, we, we, we place the Lord in our hands or on our tongue. Some, probably two of the most dirtiest places. You know, our hands get dirty. We use them all the time. Our mouths, we say things we should. The Lord is coming into us. He's not afraid of sin. God's not a God that's afraid. He doesn't live by fear. He lives by love. Perfect love cast out. Amen. Perfect love cast out. Amen. So we are growing in the Spirit we're here tonight because we want to be intentional disciples, right? Amen? We want to be intentional disciples. We want to be formed by our master. We want to be formed by the teacher. We want to be formed by the God of the universe, by the Son of God, the eternal Word. He wants to form you. That's why you're here. God wants to form you into apostles and disciples for His kingdom. So we today kick off the first of our I think six-part series on intentional discipleship, and we are following basically the lead of the book, Intentional Discipleship by Sherry Waddell. If you, have, if you don't have the book, you're more than welcome to purchase it. We have a few, I think, on the table here, um, or you can go to Gloria Deo, Cosgraves, Adoramos Books, um, or order it. They have it. You can get it anywhere, basically. Um, and tonight, we're going to cover the first two chapters of that book. As we begin this series, we just finished the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the pray overs, life in the spirit seminar. If you've not been prayed over, please let us know. We'd be glad to pray with you because God wants to baptize us in his fire and his Holy Spirit. And what does baptism by the Holy Spirit mean? It means to let the graces you've received at your baptism be stirred into flame, ablaze. Who wants a little, little sparky, little matcher. You want a flame. You want a fire. God wants a fire in this church. He doesn't want us to be like running around with little match lights. I mean, how long would it take for a match light to go out? Just move a little bit and the thing goes out. But a flame, 
raging flame of love, God's love. He's jealous. Like, he is jealous for me. God is jealous for us. He's a jealous God. And he's jealous because he's so in love with you. And if tonight you can just surrender a little bit more to how much he loves you. If you could open your minds and your hearts just a little bit. Because all of us here have a lot of room to grow. None of us are in heaven yet. We are still growing and and learning. So open your heart. Crack it open a little bit. And one way to do that is to maybe raise your hands when you're singing. When I first went to more of a charismatic style prayer meeting, um, I just saw people raising their hands and clapping and holding their hands open like this. And um, I had a lot of peace. I thought, this is different. I've never prayed like this. But I saw these people had genuine peace and they were spirit-filled Um, students. I was at Penn State University as a college student when I experienced that. And they discipled me. I was willing to try what they were doing because they were going to Mass every day. They were going to confession frequently. They had peace. They talked about the Lord as if He was alive and He was a real. And I'm like, I want that. I had a great upbringing, but at some point we all got to make that decision with our own will. Mom and Dad might pass things on to you, good and bad. But you got to discern and you got to open your will to the Lord's will. And his will is one. I want an intimate friendship with you. God wants friendship with us. So as we, as we kick off this series, I want to just briefly go through the, uh, give a little reflection on the, the first two chapters of this book uh, as God is speaking to us through this, this book. Um, and if you don't, You don't have to buy the book, but if you don't buy the book, you're not getting off that easy. You at least got to pick up one of these handouts. This is a summary of those chapters, and it also has scripture verses and catechism quotes for you to take into your journal. Where are you going to take it? Very good, church. You're going to take that into your journal, and you're going to hear what God has to say to you. He doesn't, he's not 18 zillion miles away. It's like, God, now he's, he's inside of you. And it's just getting to know his voice, accustomed, getting accustomed to his, his soft, gentle voice. He speaks all the time. It's just we're so noisy and loud that we often don't sit quiet enough to hear him. So as we worship tonight, I want you to pay attention to that little whisper in your heart. Maybe that first time in a while, you just like right after we finished that song, you kind of felt a little bit of a, um, like a heavenly quiet in you because the Holy Spirit's starting to move in you. So take one of these sheets. They're at all the entrance um, or exits of the church in the back and then on the sides. Um, and you can read the reflection and do the reading um, the scriptures and the catechism quotes. And there's three reflection questions for your journaling pleasure. So, ablaze. God wants to feed us and form us. What's he want to do? Feed us and form us. Very good. Into intentional disciples. He wants to feed us and form us. And so to be spiritually fed. What does that mean? God wants to spiritually feed us. So God's saying, I want you to receive my personal love. What does that mean? It means to have a spiritual friendship. 
To be fed is to be in a spiritual friendship, uh, an intimate friendship with the living God, Jesus Christ. So, our friendship with the Father, the goal is the Father. Jesus is always talking about the Father. He's always leading us, the mystical body, to the Father. Abba, Father, Abba, Daddy, Father, God, Abba. And so that's why everything in the church, if you listen to the liturgy, is always ordered to the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Spirit. It's all relational. So to be an intentional disciple, you have to enter into this spiritual feeding. I Meaning you've got to step into the exchange that Jesus and the Father are having all the time. Did you know that's what your baptism's about? You're jumping into the exchange of love between the Father and the Son. And you're experiencing the way the Father loves the Son through the Spirit. And you're experiencing the way the Son loves the Father through the Spirit. The Spirit of God is what allows you and I to dialogue and communicate with the Father and the Son. That's what makes what happened here present here. This is made possible through the Holy Spirit. At every Mass, this sacrifice is made present. At every confession... This sacrifice is made present. When you pray, you're making present. The Lord's making present to you himself through the Holy Spirit. So, this is a living possibility, y'all. This is a living possibility. This is real stuff. This isn't just theory and ideas that I'm talking about. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be fed with that intimate exchange and spiritual relationship and friendship with our Lord. God wants you to taste Him. He wants you to see Him. He wants you to hear Him. He wants you to experience Him. So sacraments and prayer are how we come into friendship with God. So we become boldly intimate with God. And that might be, again, one way you might stretch you a little bit tonight is raising your hands during worship or holding your hand. Maybe you can start here so no one sees you. Okay? Then when you look around, be like... Okay, just get warmed up, right? Just get warmed up. Right? So, just little ways of opening yourself to God. Um, You know, clapping... um, you can sit, you can stand, you can kneel. Just because the Lord's out doesn't mean you can't stand in his presence and raise your hands. That's fine. He wants us to worship him. This is a different form of prayer. It's, it's learning to listen. How's God inviting you to give yourself to him? Because guess what? You're not here just for yourself. How many times has Father Michael said that? A lot. You are not here for yourself. You're here for the church, universal There's people out there that aren't here. And they're not here because they don't know how much he loves us. And so as you receive love here, it goes out there. And then out there they wake up and come in here. And then they receive love and more love goes out there and then more people come in here. The love of God flows through the church. You are the church. So let God flow through you tonight. If you don't want to worship for yourself, good. Worship for someone else in your family that's that's left the church. Worship tonight for somebody that's addicted to some drug or alcohol or sex, addicted to um, self-hate. Worship tonight for a family member that's living with uh, their boyfriend or girlfriend. Worship tonight for a marriage that's broken. What's God asking you tonight to worship for? That's what it means 
to live as a disciple. If you can't do that, then when you go out there and talk to people, it's not going to have any power. Because if you're not okay behind closed doors with Jesus, you're not okay when you're out in public with Jesus. Because it's fake if it's out there and you don't do it in here. If you can't pray in here alone or in the chapel or in your own room alone, then when you do things out there, you've got to ask, well, why am I doing it out there? You know, I think of that as a priest. You know, um, I can pray the rosary in public, but I've got to pray the rosary on my own as well. I can lead people in prayer all the time, but if I'm not doing my own personal prayer, then I have to question the intention of my prayer when I'm in the sanctuary because it's not of God to be... God wants pure worship. He doesn't want a lot of my, you know, you know, me in it. The me monster. Me. Me, 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 me. God's against the me monster. So... That was a big footnote. So therefore, our disposition and our approach to prayer and the sacraments is key. And how do we approach prayer and the sacraments? It has to be relational. Relational. When you come to confession, do you realize you're relating to Jesus? When you come to Mass, you're relating to Jesus. You're entering into Jesus' prayer with him, consoling his heart as he's as he's laid out on the cross, that you're offering your sacrifice with his sacrifice, and then together you are with union with Jesus, offering it to the Father, that it's always a relationship going on. So these living encounters with God, look forward to living for the sacraments. Look forward to going to confession, prayer, confession, mass, you know. Um, So we want, bottom line is, we want our sacraments and our prayer to be fruitful, And here's a good example. Mama Mary, right? The best example of good prayer is the Blessed Virgin Mary. She has the best fruit you could imagine, right? Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. The womb, her fruit is Jesus. Isn't that supposed to be the fruit of our prayer, Jesus? Isn't that supposed to be the fruit of our mass or our confession experience? Jesus is born, the fruit of of all of these things. So, the encounter through prayer and the sacraments forms me into being a disciple of the Lord. Okay, so fed. We kind of talked a little bit about that feeding time, okay? Now, spiritually formed. um, Just a, a practical thing here. To be spiritually formed is to be brought into an awareness of what really and truly happened to me at baptism. That's formation. Formation is becoming aware of what happened to me at baptism. Satan would love to keep you in the dark. You have authority in Christ. You have real authority. In the name of Jesus, you have authority. And I think this is where he's got our church today is everyone's just looking around for someone to do it. Like, well, you do it. Well, I'll do it. You do it. Oh, we got a, a big, um, um, big youth conference coming up. See, some of the teens are here, right? Praise God. So pray, pray for these, pray for these youth, because um, they are on fire for God, and they're going to be the ones. Some of them will, you know, be up here preaching the word one day. Um, some of them will be 
I see some sisters around here. We've got some religious sisters. Some of them will be holy married people. And so becoming aware of your baptism. You know, uh, um, we need help with uh, adult leaders for the uh, uh, youth conference. Oh, that person will do it, or that person will do it. And the Lord's like, he's like, how about you? You know? So the Lord's calling us, but often we don't believe in the authority we have been given through our baptism. See, we trust in ourselves, so we don't step out of the boat. When you're in the boat, it's safe. I'm in the boat. Cool. Why'd Jesus appear over there across the water? Because he wanted Peter to get out of the boat. Because why? Walking on water is not humanly possible. Being a disciple of the Lord isn't humanly possible. You need the supernatural life to walk on water. So when God calls you out of the boat, don't be afraid. Lean on your baptism, church. Lean on your baptism. Lean on the graces you received. So one of the things I'd like you to do is find out the date you were baptized and start celebrating that day. That's your spiritual birthday into the kingdom of God. Get your baptismal day and celebrate that day as your spiritual birthday into the mystical body of Christ, a temple of the Holy Spirit, ablaze. And practically speaking, we need to know the mission field that we're going into. What army or what football team or baseball team doesn't review the tapes? Who in their right mind would go out into the world and not study first the battlefield and the mission and the plan of the enemy. If you don't know the enemy's tactics and plan, you're going to get slaughtered on the field. You've got to practice. You've got to practice. And you're going to fall on your face and you're going to get back up. You're going to fall and you've got to get back up. That's how you get good at what you do. The Lord is merciful. He knows we're going to try. He, he's more excited about your desire to want to try. So... Practically, we need to know the field we're working in, um, what you're actually dealing with, the current attitudes and dispositions of our culture, um, the lies that are being pushed into our minds and hearts, okay, by the television, the media, um, friends, family, whatever. It's all over. You better be discerning if you're a disciple of the Lord. So think about the apostles. I was thinking about the apostles. The apostles were called from the ordinary to the extraordinary, from the natural to the supernatural. They were called to believe, have faith. See, God didn't ask him to trust in themselves. He called them to do things they weren't capable of doing so that his glory and power could be manifest through them. You know, the, 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 the testimonies at the beginning of a blaze. There's people in this church that can give awesome testimonies. But the enemy will tell you, oh, someone else will do it. Or the enemy will come and be like, you can't do that. You're not good at public speaking. I used to be afraid to even talk in front of anyone. Don't laugh. (laughs) I'm serious. I used to, like, be terrified to speak. Um, I had to write down all my stuff and just read it. And then they prayed over me, and here I am. (laughs) The Holy Spirit just did his thing and I mean just boom that was it I remember coming home and my mom and dad were like they didn't quite know what to think about me because I was different for, for the good but 
they, they were like, well, they didn't, and, and it's how it's exploded in my family um, and how the Lord's used me and my family to just an, announce the gospel. And I didn't say a lot. I just, my presence, the presence of God in my life and just bringing it wherever I went. See, that's discipleship. So the encounter that the apostles had fed them and formed them. The encounter that the apostles had with the Lord fed them and informed them. Fed them and informed them. He spent three years with them. And the thing about it is, 33 years, Jesus was not public. Only three years was he public. What does that say about our prayer lives? That means a lot of our life should be hidden and prayerful, and only a small amount should be public. Because the Lord himself only spent three years in public. Yet 30 years in solitude in a carpenter shop. Now, if, if I was on this job, I would be like, and I was the Jesus's guy, I'd be like, man, we got to get you up there, get you online. We got to pump you across all of the internet. I'm going to tweet you out. I'm going to get you, Jesus, I'm going to set you up with a PR person. Um, we're going to get you a good business accountant and all this stuff going. You know, um, we're going to get you a car, your car wrapped and, and all this stuff, and, you know, we're going to get you in the newspapers, and it's like, listen, people know when you're giving them fluff, and they know when it's not real, and you're just pretending and making it up, and people know when it's real, that's why I don't really, I don't like publicizing a blaze a lot, my, my, my heart for a blaze is that we just kind of keep it quiet. And then when you go out and you share with what God did with you here, he'll bring those people back here. But if we make it too superficial and artificial, and just I, can, I could fill the church, just pump. I could go everywhere and just fill the whole church by getting a lot of publicity. But those people coming, why are they coming? Did they encounter God in you? Is that what brought them? Or are they just coming because they want to come? I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I am saying that there's more of an authenticity when it's authentically you bring someone because your presence touched them. The presence of Jesus in your life touched them and brought them here. That's discipleship. When the presence of God touches someone else through you, that's discipleship. doesn't mean you've got to go downtown and stand on the corner and, and proclaim the word. I mean, if God's calling you to do that, I think we need more people to do that. So maybe we'll start a group to do that too, a blaze down on the street or something. I mean, I'm all about it. We'll get Father Francis to preach on the street. <laughs> Praise God. So they were fed and formed by their relationship with Jesus. They spent time with him. Again, time. It's obvious, right? So Jesus sent them to make disciples of all nations. So a desire, Jesus created a desire in them that they didn't even know they had. When you encounter him, his love for you, a desire grows in you. That desire has to be given an intention. The intention is go out and form disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I have come to cast fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already ablaze. But we know that before Jesus sent the apostles, they were all afraid, locked up in rooms, afraid of what people might think, or afraid of getting arrested and killed. What happened? Starts with a P. Pentecost. <laughs> Pentecost. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they went out. Fed, filled, and anointed. 
to form others. They were fed, they were filled, they were anointed to form others. It's exciting when you get up in the morning and be like, who's God going to put in my life that I could share my, my story with him? I always say, have your one or two minute testimony in your back pocket. Share it with people. Tell them about Jesus. So, just a few thoughts to, um, just to close here. There's a few little um, things I want to read that, that from this book that I think are important for us to hear. The most common reason people give for leaving the church is, my spiritual needs were not met. The other reasons given are, they just gradually drifted away. They stopped believing in, re- in their religion's teaching. My spiritual needs were not met. The priests have a hard enough time getting the message across. You all are called to go out. I'm going to mobilize you. Like, you're the troops. You're going to be mobilized. You're going out. How many, think of how many people here, I don't know, what is it, maybe, I don't know, 160, 50, whatever. Uh, You all here, if you all went out and told one person what Jesus did for you tonight, or something, one thing you learned tonight, don't, don't, Discount the power of the Holy Spirit to use your one little word to bring someone into the church. Invite one person next time. Just say, hey, I'd like you to come with me to this. Are you available this night for prayer? Simon's prayer. Even if you can come a half hour. See, Jesus can touch people if we let him. So, only 30% of Americans who were raised Catholic are still practicing meaning they attend Mass once a month, 30%. 10% of all adults in the U.S. are ex-Catholics. 79% of people who leave the church do so before the age of 23. 79% leave before they're 23. We have to foster intentional Catholicism, not cultural Catholicism. Cultural comes... After the intentional is present. If we're intentional about being disciples, the Lord will build a culture of Catholicism. He'll build a culture of Christianity. But if we're not intentional and we just sit on the sidelines waiting, nothing's going to happen. So nearly one third of those self-identified Catholics stated that belief in God is, they said that it's impersonal. A third of the Catholics said belief that God is impersonal. They believe God's impersonal. We got to help people to pray, teach them how to be intimate with Jesus. So, and listen to this one. 6% of the Catholic parishes surveyed identified evangelization as a top priority. 6% said evangelization is a priority in their parish. That's not a good thing. Um, So, just to close, this one last thought. Three main spiritual journeys, which are supposed to be together, are separated in the church today. One is our interior, our personal journey and friendship with Jesus. That's one part of we look at our prayer. And a second part of our church is there's those receiving sacraments. Uh, A couple are coming for marriage prep or RCIA. And the third one is parish involvement or involvement in community service.
So we have our interior personal life, or we're doing the journey in the sacraments to kind of get our deal with the church, with the sacraments, marriage, RCA, or we're involved in some parish service. The truth is that these elements, all three of them, are the same spiritual journey. The interior personal relationship with God, with Jesus, enables the sacraments to be received with the full disposition of grace. And it also motivates and brings to life your parish community and involvement. So if you have an intimacy with the Lord, your experience of the sacraments is going to grow and be strengthened. And then you're going to be wanting to serve in your parish and give God's glory to all of the peoples that you meet. So it's a lot of stuff, but again, it's summarized. Um, A lot of this is summarized on this one-page handout. And and basically pray these scriptures and these catechism quotes because I really think that You know, God can speak to you in a powerful way. So now we're going to continue our worship. We heard some testimonies. We have Jesus here with us. We had a little teaching. And now we're going to bring, just walk Jesus around the church and continue our worship. Pay attention to the whisper in your heart. Give God a little bit of room tonight. Every time you come, give him a little bit more room. And you'll experience that great peace.
Thank you.